You're listening to Guys on the Sideline Podcast, where you'll hear opinions, predictions, and sports takes in every direction. If you're a diehard sports fan, this is the place to be. They've never played. They have no experience, but they have plenty to say. And now, here are the guys on the sideline. Welcome on in to Guys on the Sideline, the podcast. This is episode 10. Chris, episode 10. 10. Can you believe it? I, I can barely believe it. Um, you know, it's been a wild ride to this point. And uh, thank you to all the brave souls who are still around. Brave souls. Thanks for using plural there. Yeah. We're, we're growing, right? So, <laughs> so last time, we, you've been saying we're the fastest growing podcast north of the Jordan River. Yeah. Last week, you upped that to north of North Temple. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. now, do you have a different... Uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, actually, north of North Temple didn't make a lot of sense. Let's actually say north of Lehigh. North... <laughs> Of Lehigh. North Ladies of Lehigh. and gentlemen, welcome on in. Anyway, Chris, for those that are tuning in maybe for the first time, we are a growing audience. Tell them a little bit about uh, who guys on the sideline are. You know, it's just what it sounds like. We're not the guys that are necessarily in the booth calling the game. We're not necessarily the guys crunching all the numbers. We're the guys on the sidelines screaming crazy things at the players and maybe potentially getting kicked out. This is all about fans, all about fan passion, unfounded crazy conspiracy theories, wild predictions, because that's why sports is great. Let's face it. Gotta love it. Okay, and um, again, our legal team, they always want us to get this out right in the open, so let's uh, let's toss to our disclaimer. The opinions and predictions on this podcast are right 98.3% of the time. Okay, very cool. I f- you feel better? I feel <laughs> a lot better. I always do. Okay, alright. I, I feel like uh, we're, we're good to go. So, on today's episode, episode 10, we are going to be talking about the best weekend by far of football, and that is the wild NFL card. wild card matchups. Wild card matchups. So we're going to have some predictions for you. We're also going to uh, maybe look back at the Utah Utes debacle. It was a debacle. That, that uh, a meltdown. First half, they were awesome. Second yeah. half, yeah. man. You know what? Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get into that. And then um, I think we're going to touch on the Utah Jazz. Who are the Utah yeah. Jazz? Who are what they? are the Utah Jazz? Who are they? Could change. They Who constitutes that team could change. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Okay, you ready to jump in? Let's do it. All right. Uh, wild card weekend. Uh, we're going to make some predictions and uh, okay. give you some, again, some crazy fan uh, ideas and thoughts on the matchups. Um, first, we have the Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. This is an interesting Barry. division um, matchup. Up, right? Very, very much so. So I think Houston is favored. Um, who you, who you got? I think Where are you going? I, I think I'm going Houston on this one. Um, I'm a fan of Deshaun Watson. I think he's a great player. Um, good defense for the most part. I mean, Texans kind of fly under the radar because they have that kind of expansion team stigma. It's like they're not part of the, the the fabric of the NFL yet. But I think they've got a pretty raucous fan base down there in Houston. I, I think they're they're poised to kind of make a breakthrough. They've been really kind of hovering. I don't think. Andrew Luck's quite there. I don't think he's quite, although he's shown flashes. I think that they're on their the reascent, but I don't think they're as far along as Houston's. So I got Houston. Okay, you're, you're picking Houston. Um, g- good call. I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I think it's a home game. I think Houston, Deshaun Watson, is he's a fun athlete to watch. Very fun. Great quarterback. Great. And I agree with your assessment on Andrew Luck. Look, I think you've got to give him probably the comeback player of the year. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, oh. really, he really turned things around, which, yeah. which is saying something, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, he was 
like the man. He was the man, but you know what? There's a point. There was a point where I wondered if he'd ever come back. Really? I mean, yeah, I think at some point you just keep injuring yourself, keep aggravating things, and months turns into a year, turns into two years. I mean, it's been years, plural, since we've really seen him in action, fully healthy. So kudos to him. I I think he's a great guy. I, I root for him. I never like to see people go down. And NFL's just more fun to watch when you got great QBs, and so it's good to see him back. Now, now let's uh, let's comment briefly on the Colts coaching situation. Last year, yeah. about this time, they offered the job to Josh McDaniels. Remember this? Yes. And he spurns them. Stays Spurned in. Spurned them. He did. Stays in New England, and they yeah. hired uh, Frank. Is it Rich? Yes. Out of uh, Philadelphia, basically yes. their second choice, second or third, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. And um, you gotta you gotta tip your hat. Mm-hmm. This guy's got him in his first year yeah. in the playoffs. Got Andrew Luck playing. Yeah playing better. Um, You wonder how much of that is. Is it Andrew coming back? You know, how much is it the coach? You know, that's personnel is always the kind of hidden factor that that goes unnoticed, which if you ever want to see through the headlines and understand what the real ins and outs of maybe why a coach performed well or, or poorly, I'm going to go ahead and plug Walter Football. I think he does a great job on Walter Football of explaining, hey, well, you know, he did a great job with the Marvin Lewis fire at the end of the year with the Bengals and said, look, why jump off the train now? I mean, they were just riddled with injuries all year, um, you know, still put up somewhat of a fight, and he's just going, why lay this at the feet of their head coach this year of all years? It just doesn't make sense. And so um, just a quick plug on that. So is the Colts situation the coach? I'm not sure. Pagano recently um, interviewed with Denver. And as a divisional rival, I'm saying, please don't hire Pagano. I think he's a good coach, Pagano. So um, I got to go back to your comment on Walter Football. Chris, who introduced you to Walter Football? Uh, I think that was you, Jeff. I think it was, was you. Was that like a life changing it was, uh, it was recommendation? Just, it was, absolutely. Just, you know, first and foremost, and most importantly, because he's got my Raiders back and he defends them all the time. Absolutely. So that might make him crazy, but I think he, he makes a very reasoned case. And I love his pot shots at the media and how they distort things because anybody who listens to them not like we're not trying to kind of be part of this uh, to some extent but you know these talking heads the the skip baylesses these guys that just talk a mile a minute and that, that have to come up with the wildest possible theory to get heard i think walter's good at kind of getting beneath the surface on a lot of that and yeah. taking the long view and still being really funny so i think he proves you can still be very entertaining but still rational which Listen, I like. so walterfootball.com yeah um, we'll, we'll call him today's sponsor well do you remember keith Olver? used to have a segment this the 1000th day since george w bush declared <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. yes 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 did. we're going to start a new segment right here i'm going to make an executive decision you okay this? yes let's do this it this is the fifth straight episode maybe not straight but we've mentioned walter before yeah our goal and we're gonna we're gonna make this happen walter is going to be a guest on the show yes he will <clears throat> so again the, today's episode brought to you by walterfootball.com um <laughs> Let me let me say this too. It, it, great analysis. Love his uh, grading system. But the love best. A l- little bit of language. I'm going to warn. You know, maybe not yeah. a family website here. A <laughs> little bit of language on jerks of the week. If you haven't read his jerks of the week, <laughs> you get there by drop down through the podcast section every week he pumps out a jerks of the week it is a must read i'm telling you if you think i changed your life by sending you to this website i will really change your life by reading jerks of the week take a look at walter football take in the content understand that he's kind of the spiritual godfather of what we're trying to do here in many ways he he kind of is so anyway let's introduce another thing here we are going to call this the guys on the sideline guarantee Guarantee. Okay. It's a lock. We're, we're going to lock Houston. We both feel good about I, that. I think let's lock okay, it. Let's do that. Next game, Seattle at Dallas. Now, let's um little history lesson for you here. Let's rewind. Okay. Okay. 
We're going back. The last time Seattle and Dallas faced off in a playoff game, you remember this? Tony oh, Romo. The fumble, fumble snap. snap. 2007, I believe it was. Wow. Where were you in 2007? I don't know. I was in college. Who knows where doing I was? Something. Didn't watch a lot of sports in college, ironically. Um, <laughs> watch them now. So who knows what I was doing? I was I, I was in Argentina that year for a little while. That's what I was doing. I was I was watching football, well, not not uh, American sports. So, so I, I was uh, with my family. We were living down in Arizona, uh, not too far from Arizona Cardinal uh, Stadium. And um, let's just say that you and I both, even if we did nothing that year, had a better year than Tony Romo. <laughs> I think so. This was a bad right. They basically they were gonna. Win the game, and he fumbled the snap. Um, Big part of what I will say, and I think Tony Romo is just a very charismatic and great person. And calling it now, my favorite football announcer of the modern day. Is right he now, not great? Absolutely the best. He is really good. But I think that those moments endeared him to America by making him. You know, if Amer- if if the Cowboys are America's team, Tony Romo was like America's underdog. He was like yeah. the guy that just undrafted, very talented. Yeah, undrafted from like NIU or something like that. Or I don't know. Some you know, kind of a small school, um, but just a great guy. Obviously, very knowledgeable. You listen to him calling games. It was kind of like when Gruden was in the booth. He could call it, yeah. call it right before it was happening. Watch this guy. Oh, let's go in here. And then and, his reactions are hilarious it's, too. It's great. So anyway, props to Tony. Yes, that was the moment. That was the game. I think started the worldwide sympathy for Tony Romo that I still think exists. Poor Tony. Probably his second worst moment as a Dallas Cowboy uh, quarterback. You know what I'm referring to as number one? Maybe getting injured in the preseason? Okay. <laughs> okay let, let me reorder this. Yeah. How about the Jessica Simpson Mexico oh, trip? Oh, yeah, jeez. You remember? Wow. And they were in a uh, bye week going into the playoffs, and <laughs> yes. he, he shows up, I think it's the DMZ report, uh, him and Jessica yeah. hanging out together in Mexico. Which, not, not good for him. I feel like I that media market just has a special problems with coaches going on vacation. Do you remember this, this season, Jason Garrett? was like traveling over Thanksgiving and people were flipping out for some reason. Really? Yeah, it should have been. I don't know if it was Thanksgiving, but it was it was just during some period when people thought he needed to be in like a leaky basement, um, like sitting under a pole <laughs> chain light, just brooding. I don't know what they wanted, but it didn't happen. So, so let's get to this game. So Dallas is the favorite uh, by Vegas, uh, about a two-point uh, uh, favorite here. Um, Seattle, Dallas, who, who are you going with? I'm taking Seattle in this game. Um, Sorry, sorry to our producer who's never here, Chanda. Um, I just think I look. I love me some Dak Prescott, um, Zeke. But let me just say this: Raiders fanboy alert, bitterness alert. <laughs> Amari Cooper's going to find Cooper. a way to disappear in this game. Yes, and I think that. You know, they're going to try to target him, and you're going to get one of those. This is my call that you're going to get one of these vintage Raiders fans know what I'm talking about. One of these vintage Amari Cooper moments where there's going to be a 50 50 ball, and Amari's not going to go up for it physically, and maybe the defender comes down with it. It's going to be a clutch play, but that's Amari Cooper for you, ladies and gentlemen, and I think that's what's going to happen. It's going to turn the tide in the game. Well, maybe not that one play, but I think Seattle will have an impact. Okay. At Seattle uh, or at it's Dallas? It's in Dallas. In Dallas. That's why I think Dallas is favored. Okay. Uh, um, stick with your pick. Yeah, I, I think I, think I stick with it. I, I think I'm going Seattle. I, I the think experience. Russell Carroll, Wilson. Russell Wilson. Yes. You know, they. I don't think this has been their best year. No, um, but... But you know what? I think Seattle's one of those dangerous teams. Yeah. They get in the playoffs. Yeah. They've been there before. They know what they're doing. And so, um, yeah, I'm with you. Let's go ahead and give it the guys on the sideline guarantee. And um, MVP, Doug Baldwin. 
You think? Um, unsung right. receiver. I don't know if you watched that Sunday night game um, a few weeks back. No, I try not to watch the Seahawks as much as I can. He's that receiver, Doug Baldwin, man. He's a, as sure-handed as they come. He comes down with the ball. Um, so watch for that connection. All right. Um, we need to recognize something about the Seattle Seahawks. They, I, I was nervous about this, this past weekend, my Arizona Cardinals, the mighty Arizona Cardinals, mighty, who mighty. I picked, mind you, to make the playoffs this year. How'd they do? So they go up to Seattle. Fighting They've got my the Raiders worst for the record. They're tied, and Sebastian Janikowski, speaking of Raiders, <laughs> kicks the game winner the second time he's done yeah. that this year to Arizona to unbreak my heart. I was going to be so mad if they Steve lost the Wilkes top, and pick. they lose the top pick. Now they're essentially, let's let's do it. They're on the clock. My Arizona Cardinals are on the clock. Are they number one? They are top number pick? one. Top pick. Who so, do you want? Who do you want? Uh, I think they'll go Bosa. I think Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, how do you how do you miss on Bosa? Or I no really back. good QBs, I don't think. No. And don't don't give up on Josh Rosen yeah. yet. Hang I with, don't think hang you with do. Josh Rosen. Um, they fired their coach. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. Do not go Mike McCarthy. Uh, he I think didn't, he uh, turned no. down the interview, and I was so, did he really? They wanted to interview him. I think they go Adam Gase, and I think that's a great, great hire. Great, great hire. hire. So things are yes. looking up in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, things are looking up in Oakland, maybe. Yeah, I mean, well. Both of them will, will be breaking uh, down the NFL draft in future episodes, and I will yes. probably ask you yes. if we mention Walter Football all the time. I think I also mentioned Kevin Costner's great flick. You know what I'm referring to? Draft Day. Draft Day. Have draft you seen day. it yet, Chris? I still have not. Okay, should we go to the next game? Let's do it. Uh, Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, not the San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers at the Baltimore Ravens. This matchup, I think to me, is the most intriguing. And here's why I say that. Yeah. I'm picking the Chargers to win the Super Bowl. I made wow. that prediction. I wow. think I think Phillip Rivers is going to lead them. I think they've got a really tough team, good defense, uh, got good running game. They are coach. good. Let me just say this. Let me. I, I'm gonna have to go the other way. Breaks my heart a little bit. I think Philip Rivers is kind of in that Carson Palmer, Tony Romo mold, where I'm not sure when the the stage is the biggest. He's at his best, and I think it's a tough one. You go out to Baltimore, cold weather, like at Baltimore, right? Is that what you said, or is this in LA? Yeah, no, this is Baltimore. Yep. So that's a tough one, I, man. I think to the make Chargers them go out, record, but I think it's in Baltimore. So I think those Baltimore fans are crazy out there. The yeah. weather could play a role. Yeah. I kind of think, unfortunately, because I, I, you know, even though they're a divisional rival, um, I I find that there are, you know, a couple easy to like teams in our division. Um, But I mean, how do you not root for Philip Rivers, man? He's been through it all, been in the league a long time. But I just don't know if he could pull it out. I don't know. Here's what I think is interesting: Lamar Jackson. Okay, yeah, he gets picked up, and they said, "Oh, this guy's not a player. Yeah, he's going to get hurt. Uh He's too little." You look at him; he's not a big dude. Can't throw the ball. Not a big arm. Can't throw the ball. All of that and uh, what what has Lamar Jackson done in Baltimore he's turned him around man he and he's an athlete he's a player you can't question him now we get in the playoffs it may be a different story but you you tip your hat to Lamar no you do you do absolutely I think he's one of the really fun stories this year and um, you know he talk about you can't find a more you know opposite player to a Joe Flacco who's just Joe average just kind of muddles his way through for years and years nothing exciting him about him he's just kind of a just Went like to Delaware is that where yeah, he came Delaware. from? Nothing. Look, got, the guy's got a Super Bowl ring. Can't take that away. But but Lamar Jackson. We talk about it, a dynamite, Exciting. athletic, 
it, and suddenly, if you're the Chargers, that throws kinks in your plans, man. It's hard to game plan for a guy who's multidimensional. So, so here's the interesting thing: uh, Vegas has him as a two and a half or a three point favorite. Uh, again, I think the Chargers are a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Baltimore Chargers favorite. Uh, no, no, no. Um, Baltimore. Baltimore. Baltimore's really? the favorite. Okay. But uh, part of that, I think, is what you referenced. I think it's a home game for them. I yeah. think the weather. I think Lamar's playing hot. I think I go the Chargers in this one just because I think I, cl- I It is I, very I, close. I, I just I just got a feeling about yeah, that. Yeah. But um, it wouldn't shock me if the Ravens win. So Let me say this. Let me do a little hang, a little add-on. If they do win, then I think their shot at going to the Super Bowl increases immeasurably because I think that would be a huge emotional, emotional tide for them to ride. Yeah. And you always look for those in the wild card round. That's one of my favorite things about wild card is I think sometimes, not all the time, and, and the Patriots have made this, have really biased these out, these results. But when we're not talking about the Patriots, I think that sometimes those wild card teams are at kind of a, an advantage because they're, I don't necessarily think sitting out is good for teams, especially I long time. I think if you can cr- create a victory, create some momentum, it can be huge for a team. So yeah. um, look for one of these wild card okay. teams to make a run. So, so no guys on the sideline guarantee on this one because there's a split no, and no, no. maybe we're hedging here a little bit. Yes. But anyway, interesting game. Okay. We, we'll see. So that is on uh, Sunday. Uh, the next one, which I, I think just as fascinating to me, yeah. Philadelphia Eagles going yeah. to Chicago to the Windy City. Now, I will Saint say this. Nick. Philly sneaks into the playoffs. Yeah. Nick Foles is leading them. Chicago is a six-and-a-half favorite across the board. Wow. Now, here's what's interesting. I, and I, I've documented on the show. You've mocked me. Chan has mocked me a little bit. But Arizona Cardinals are my team. My second team, who I would, I'm perfectly comfortable to get on the bandwagon, are the Chicago Bears. With that said, this game makes me nervous. Yeah. And this this is a game totally. I think you Trap go Chicago. Game, if you could okay? say it. Yeah. You go Chicago. It's a home game. Yeah. Trubisky, they got your your boy Mac up there playing really well yeah. defensively. But this one just feels funny and it yeah. just feels like Philadelphia doesn't need to be there. So maybe this Agreed. is our George Costanza pick of the week. My name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. Victoria, hi. Where we say, yeah, it probably should be Chicago, but we're going to do the opposite. Go against the grain, go against Vegas, which generally isn't a good thing, yeah. and pick Philadelphia. What's I think I'm with you, Jeff. I think let me make the case for this Costanza pick because I think you're right. It's it. I don't know that you could ever call a playoff game a trap game, but this feels like it. I feel like Chicago's just barely turning around the tide on their seat. Right? They they legitimately have a very good defense, but look, that's the one area where I think you still got to give Peterson, the uh, coach for the Eagles, some credit. We know this guy is great with the X's and O's. We know that he can drop a scheme. We know that he can shred defenses, right? He's going to know how to game plan for Khalil Mack. He's going to know how to how to shift some people around. And we know that a good old St. Nick, man, we know that he comes up big in big moments. And so I think that this, that this is probably a pretty good bet. If you're a betting man, go down and maybe throw down a little bit on, on the Eagles because they could... Look, they just came off a Super Bowl victory. Yeah. These guys have the experience. And Mitchell Trubisky, we all know whenever his name is brought up, you know, you listen to the commentators, all the experts, there's that hesitation in their voice. They're, I don't know. I don't know about Mitchell Trubisky. Does he make some big mistakes in this game? That could really, really hurt them um, as it hurt the Utes in their bowl game. There could be some parallels there. Just saying, you guys 
get a young quarterback, not necessarily used to this kind of adversity, this energy. And I personally think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think as a young player playing in front of the home crowd on a big stage in the playoffs could almost be more nerve wracking. Yeah. Than the opposite. Yeah. No, I. I can so see I'm just saying. Um, could could go the Eagles' way. I don't know if I want to give this the guys on the sideline guarantee because I want to maybe reserve no. this. This one is no. A it's tough the Costanza one. pick. It's, it's the Costanza. Okay, let's pick. go Costanza pick on this. I think we're both in agreement though. I think Philly. Something about this game, even though on paper you'd think Chicago, and that's why yeah. Vegas has them as a as a big favorite. Yeah. But, uh, kind anyway, of surprise. So uh, to recap, we've got the the Houston's Texas. the lock. Houston's okay. the lock. Everyone. Seattle. Seattle. Uh, on the road to Dallas. We got them as the guarantee. The guys on the sideline guarantee. Uh, Chargers, Baltimore, we're split on. And then we both, we're not going to give this the guarantee. We're going to give this the Costanza, Costanza treatment. Picking um, against the, the grain here. Philadelphia beats Chicago. And then that sets up some uh, interesting games. We've got, uh, who's on a bye? New England and Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Both really dangerous teams. Will be The playoffs this year will be great. I have watched a lot of the regular season in full disclosure. And for obvious reasons, if you know how the Raiders did this year. But these playoffs could be real interesting. And somebody could really Really, the cheat, look to the Patriots. If they're going to get back to the big dance, they're going to have to go probably through the uh, Kansas, Kansas, Kansas City, City. You would assume, you know, and then um, potentially either the Chargers or a team like Baltimore. That could be tough. So um, could be could we might end up with a Patriots less Super Bowl this year. We'll see. Well, we, we, we can we, hope. We, we can hope absolutely. <laughs> um, and then across the way, we've got the Rams and we've got the Saints. Rams and Saints, two another really another two two good teams, but e- two teams that either one of which could easily fall yeah. to the likes of a Seattle or a Dallas yep. if they can break through. Yep. Um, so we'll just see what happens. It's an exciting exciting year. Okay, let me say something that might be controversial. The NFL this weekend, Wild Card Weekend, is far superior. It is the best football. Um, of the whole season, and it far outperforms the game. I think it's on Monday night. Yeah. I don't know. There's some Clemson yeah, what's Alabama that stupid game. game all about. Ugh. You gonna watch it? You know, I, I've been, I actually have internally debated this question because part of me wants to say no. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of rewarding the system that just rewards the teams that are always the best. You know, in the NFL, you've got a system where our terrible dumpster fire NFL teams are going to have a chance to get really high draft picks and maybe turn things around. Raiders haven't done it in 20 years. That's a different story. But in college, I get tired of the rich always getting richer. It's just always the the top dogs. And so part of me rebels against that, wants to say, no, I'm not watching. Now, of course, my one viewership's not going to tank their ratings. Well, let me add my one to your one. Chris, we're up to two. And our five listeners... All right, now we're up to seven. Boycott it. Boycott it. Now, but let me make the case on the other side of it. Now, just because you don't necessarily like the, may may not love the colors of the team, the institutions, look, we all know that college football is kind of a joke in that my University of Utah Utes is mostly a Miami and LA and Texas team. That's where these kids come from. They're not necessarily representatives of the state, you know. So it's always about the individuals, these kids that are incredibly gifted, these amazing athletes. And, And, and I, one thing, this is sort of the consensus in sports media, and I say I will have to say I agree with it. They are unmistakably and undeniably the two best teams in college football. I don't think there's any doubt. Now, you can have all the debate you want about who's comes behind them, but Georgia has kind of lays kind of an egg in their bowl game, and you know other people aren't looking great who we thought were, were better. And so I, 
anyway, this is just my long-winded way of saying there's still I can understand why people still watch it. it it'll be a compelling game. It could be a close game, and it could come down to the wire. But um, gosh, are we all just sick of these guys? If yeah. can can like hey, let's all band together and say Nick, take your one last one, ride into the sunset. No one will question your all-time greatness, top of all time, whatever. Go away. Go sick away. of it. I'd be okay with that. Okay, let's um, quickly jump over. Let's call this the Peyton Manning. Can I get an Omaha, Omaha? Omaha! Peyton Manning two-minute drill. Give me your okay. reaction. Utah Utes. Utah Utes. Terrible bowl game. Terrible. Kyle's really good in them. T- tell me your thoughts. Terrible please. bowl game. Um, you know what? I, for, for weeks now, when, when uh, Huntley... And Moss went down. We thought the season was over. Yep. That, that was a month ago before we won the South. It's been just a little overdue to maybe backslide a bit. Um, it started to happen at BYU. They miraculously pulled that out. And then, look, I, people are going to point to our, our performance in the, uh, the Pac-12 championship game. Look, our offense technically scored as many offensive points as their offense did uh, over on Washington. It was 3-3. The deciding score was a defensive pick on a fluke play. So, you know, I, I think that bowl games are a little bit overrated, to be honest with you. I don't think that they mean all that much. It, it wasn't a fun way to end the season. It was a bit embarrassing. But look, the rain's coming down in buckets. They couldn't hold on to the ball. You have those games once in a while. I'll live with that over a bad regular season kind of November swoon yeah. any day. Because at the end of the day, I think we made progress this year. So it, it was tough, but I won't say I was exactly devastated. I just kind of threw up my hands and said, well one of those games and yeah. and in the first half they showed I think in the first half just on a side note that Jason Shelley even though he's going to get killed over the, his turnovers in this game yeah he held onto the ball too long a couple times I think when he's clicking he looks as good if not may, maybe a little better than Huntley yeah, at times Huntley. I think sometimes he looks a little more in command so are we going to have a uh, I drama think that, I think it QB could be <clears throat> at the very least it's going to be a competitive spring I think Whittingham will, will have enough ammunition to say Tyler is is kind of the incumbent just because if you look at interceptions versus touchdowns and things like that, Tyler's numbers are better. But I think there will be enough there that that I think he'll spark some of that that competition. And now what's interesting now, who's going to be the OC? You know, Who's going to come in, try to kind of manage that? So it's a critical offseason because 2019 should be Kyle Whittingham's best season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ever. Even if they don't win the Pac-12 in its entirety, which I think they have their best shot this next year that they will have for probably a long time coming, at the very least, if they have a season analogous to this one, they should wind up with, with fewer losses, I think, and with an opportunity to at least hit like a Fiesta-type bowl or something like that. They'll start the season ranked pretty high, I think. So... Big time decisions. Rumor has it, Jeff. I know this is past your two minute drill, but I had to throw this out. Like, this is the Peyton Manning five minute. Ca- in case, Chris, in, did you not? In case you hadn't heard, Jeff, the Utes made a run at your old pal Rich Rod. They tried to get him, uh, uh, and and he went somewhere. Down he went to south. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. And so, okay. Which just blew my mind because I just thought this Rich Rod's a psychopath, man. I cannot believe they were they were seriously considering bringing him in. But to to me, it just says Wit wants a name. He wants a proven commodity. Yeah, he wants the real deal to come in. Would you? Would you? um, Would you rather go to Ole Miss? 
Where would you have yeah. Utah? You think you'd go to the SEC? Yeah, because I think in the SEC, um, I don't know how often, you know, I, I think a really good offensive mind could really make some headway there. I think at Utah, yeah, Rich Rod gets a little bit of opportunity for some payback. He, he can kind of stay where he was in the backyard. But I think given the ugliness of his departure from Arizona, there was an affair, there was a lot of gross kind of headlines and things happening. I, if I'm him, I, I go to a totally different conference where you can kind of shut all of that. Kind of like he did when he fresh. left Michigan and Michigan. came to Arizona. Kind of like people vaguely this, knew he was there, but... It, is this who we? Is this who he is? I mean... I don't know. He's kind of... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's interesting... I think it is, and that's why I was fascinated that Utah was going to go after him, but I think that was kind of Witt saying, I don't care if he's here one year. I want one year yeah, of, of very high-powered offense, offense with, again, a proven guy who might be a little prickly, but who's going to get results. Yeah. So, um, interesting stuff. All right. Good Good stuff. Lastly... Now, now hey, I got to... Oh, I got to throw one, Squeeze it in one at you. Kalani Sataki extension. Does it happen? Does it happen? Why hasn't it happened? It, it, Should it happen? It will happen. Don't you think, you think after so? their bowl game, they, they win the potato bowl? I think if I'm Tom Homo, I want Jeff Grimes to coach that team. Really? Yeah. Because I think Jeff Grimes and everything I've seen as the bitter fan of the bitter rival, the minute they hired Jeff Grimes, I went, oh, shoot. The minute I started to see their offense turning around, I went, oh, shoot. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Yeah. Look at his bowl game perform. My oh, wow. gosh. Not saying he's no going to do that against everyone. No incompletions. Right? awesome. Which says as much about his receivers, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. I I just wonder, I don't know how they're going to position this, but I think Grimes has been part of of sparking somewhat of a turnaround. How long is uh, Kalani's contract now? I don't know. A couple, couple more is, years? Is years? it conceivable? Is it possible? Is there a way you could make Kalani DC? Would he stay and make Jeff the head coach? I don't know. That Do you would think be, that would be possible? That would be unprecedented. It would. But I think personally... On, on personality front, I always worried about this with Kalani. They used to talk about him succeeding Kyle Weddingham. And I love Kalani. Everyone loves Kalani. That's the thing. But it's like we all love wit, but we all know that sense that if you worked for him, you know you wouldn't want to cross him. Yeah. You wouldn't want to. Yeah. I've never gotten that feeling from Kalani. I've never gotten that edge that, like, he's going to oh, whip them back in a line. I think everybody Person. loves them, right? Yeah. But players, coaches, yeah. fans, and you know he replaced Bronco Mendenhall. Yeah, and who who's a good coach? Who's a good coach? But lacked the personality. I think what you've got with Kalani is you've got a yes. great personality, great with PR. Maybe not as good as a coach. To your right. point, I mean, right. <clears throat> although you look at okay, let, let, we're we're staying with this. Lavelle Edwards was he a great coach? He, I think, was a great delegator. Was he a great coach? Absolutely. Mm, there's, there's no question. He had but great assistants. Right? Assistance. All time great assistants. Lavelle didn't wear a headset, <clears throat> right? I mean, he was the guy. Yeah. And he would make big decisions yeah. and certainly lead the team. But he was the media guy. He mm. was the booster mm. guy. Sure. And I think he turned face it over of the program. to face of the program. And he turned it over to Norm Chow okay. and to other okay. great minds. And they had some great success. So for Kalani. Do, does he give up some of this power? And he's more the booster guy. Mm. He's more the face of the franchise, f- yeah. franchise, the yeah. program. Um, and let Grimes kind of be that Norm Chow. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. T- time will tell. I, I time will tell. I still think I'm going to stick to my guns on this overall analysis. <clears throat> um, I still think BYU's got to get back to a conference, even if it's oh, even no if question. it's G five, because ultimately, Mountain West. You know, or, yeah, Mountain West, right? And that's what I'm Why saying not? is is just basically, you know, I just think at the end of the day, look at Boise State, look at BYU. Whose football program do you think is in a better situation right now? And look to be their primary rival. 
They'd hate having BYU come back. Well, they, They'd they, hate they, it. They would for sure. It wouldn't be just this clear road. So it'd be them. Uh, Fresno State's kind of become somewhat more consistent. You know, they got a big recruiting pool down there. I think you got some fun teams. You'd have something to play for every year. Did you year. mention Utah State? Utah State. Gary Anderson. Gary Anderson back. back. Absolutely. You know, they, they had look. their best season they've had in I don't know how long. And and I, I finally heard the best counter-argument to puncture the argument that I always always hear from BYU fans as to why they're not going to go back. Well, the money, the money, the money. Well, we can sign a contract and, you know, as an independent with ESPN that's worth X amount more. And I finally saw someone on, on Twitter point out the, what to me is the very obvious. What good's money if your program's not successful? You can have all yeah. the money you want and build all the facilities you want. But if you're always muddling through these seasons, and even, look, here's the tough thing for BYU. If you have a good, solid 8-4 and four type season, kind of roughly what the Utes had this year where the youths are over here saying that's our best of all time roughly and arguably because we've had a new benchmark as a program for BYU what does it get them nothing nothing and <clears throat> in terms of bowls they're not getting any respect their opponent this year was what was it western western michigan michigan <clears throat> something like that yeah. and so i just think look be that team that w- once every three four years when you peak as a team you're going to have a solid shot at a fiesta bowl and when not if when they expand the expand the playoff to eight teams there's your entry point yeah. you're telling me boise state won't be in the playoff yeah. if they do that within the next five to six years they will yeah. they absolutely Clearly say Boise State would get in at way ahead of BYU as an independent. Yes, yes. No, 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 question. no question about it. Because, and, and look, part of that is just because maybe Boise State gets too much, you know, credit for just rolling through their schedule every single year in a Mountain West conference. And and look, I mean, they, they deserve that credit. But BYU is over here trying to to play through a P five schedule where, look, a lot of these P fives, the Washingtons of the world, coming out of a, a what was it, a ten and three season, three losses, you know, they're in the Rose Bowl. In the Rose Bowl, and if they had been an eight-team playoff, they probably would have been one yeah. of the eight. Yep. So agree. I'm just saying BYU with three conference losses, sorry, with three P5 losses at this point would never be even close to considered for that. So I think the logistics are decisively on the side of them going back. I just don't know. I don't know that they will, but I think they got to look at it at some point. So. Chris, those were uh, th- those were some bonuses. You got us, Jeff Grimes. You guys, Jeff why Grimes. you going to a conference? The need there, good, good, good stuff. Do we on. have t- two more minutes on. for the Jazz? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I need, I need on. Jeff's lightning round. Yeah. Well, are the Jazz a playoff team? So are they a good team? Are they a bad team? On our podcast two weeks ago, I predicted that they would slide in, that they'd figure it out. Okay, they'd get uh, the sixth seed, and they'd actually win a playoff round. Okay, against I don't know who Denver. I think I said, but Denver, yeah. Oklahoma, something like that. Houston. Did you see the Rockets last night? No, but I keep James hearing it. Yeah, yeah, apparently he went on. Off. Man, tough shot, double team. The Falcon. Now, obviously, he makes some good plays, but uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, so predicted here that the Jazz figure it out. I, I still do. I think they figure it out, but um, they are just so inconsistent. Uh, yeah, that's, Look, and that's I, the killer. I understand that at the end of the day, their their schedule has been really hard. I don't. I don't think you can deny it. I mean, they had that stretch there. It was a five game stretch where I think it was Blazers twice, Golden State. Those were their three wins. But then they lost to OKC, I believe, and. And one other team, I'm forgetting. But basically, it was a really brutal stretch. Three and two is a winning record against. Yeah. Look, that's 
I, the the point I I mentally noted back then was that that's a playoff series. You they, you want a playoff series against top tier competition in your conference. So that's a positive. Yeah. That's 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 encouraging. My concern with the Jazz is just these insane shooting droughts they go on, and if they need to beat the Knicks again, which they blew them out when they played them again, but then when they, they need to beat all these other bottom dwelling teams, they cannot afford to have these nights where they can't get anything yeah. to drop. And and look, let's just call it what it is right now. And I'm just going to send a message to Jazz Nation to just take a deep breath, give Donovan some time. He's a sophomore. Well, we talked He's, about it in our Jazz preview. You wondered about a sophomore slump. Yeah. And yeah. and I think we. I don't know it. that it's a slump. It's just he just hasn't made the leap. And yeah. look, it took Gordon Hayward seven years. Yeah. It took LeBron James, I think, wasn't it, seven years to win his. Now he's not in the same yeah. class, and I'm not saying that, but it takes a long time. Yeah. And so, give Donovan some time. He's inconsistent now. He's got some things to work out. I do personally think he had kind of this starstruck, charmed summer where he was winning his breakout athlete of the year thing and and riding high and on his fame. I'm hoping this year's a little bit of a rude awakening. To, I, I agree. I think they'll slide into the playoffs, but they've got to take a really hard look at their roster. They've got to figure out Derek Favors. They've got to figure out Dante Exum, who, as, as always, shows that yeah. he could be this explosive yeah. player. That's the one that I think this is the hardest, because he has some games where you're like, give this guy a contract. Keep yeah. him here forever. Yeah. Like, this guy is an important right. piece of the team. And then the next night, it's Nothing. like he's, he's not even... Not this even a, a picture. Ricky Rubio, same kind of thing. He's, yeah. I think he's a fan favorite in a lot of ways. We all love him. I think he's one of the kind of the cultural heart and soul kind of guys of the team. But man, my guy Ricky, he just can't, you can't rely on him. You just don't know what you're going to get. Even guys like Jay Crowder, um, I read a funny um, Sports Illustrated piece where it was finally starting to openly question Gordon Hayward with the Celtics and say, is he, does he have a place on this team? And it was like, well, he just came off a game where he scored 30. Well, Kyrie was out. Yeah, if you start your offense through Gordon, you can probably get those kinds of performances yeah. once in a while. But is that what you want? Is that what you want? Team? And then I pointed out, I was just like, well, Jay Crowder just put up 30. I mean, Gordon's probably more of a Jay Crowder than he yeah. is anything else. And so I, I find that kind of interesting. But they're paying him like he's yeah. the man. And that's the... So, so last... Last prediction by or sell. The Celtics trade Gordon Hayward before the trade deadline. I don't Which, think they trade him this year. Not this year. No. Okay. No. I think they – because look. Why, you, why you would could, they? You could sneak into the finals. If you're in the East, yeah, Toronto right. and Philly is who you're playing right. against, right? I mean, those are I – mean, there are some other teams, but those are probably the three that have the most realistic chance. Yeah. And what happens if Kawhi Leonard gets hurt? Or yeah, what happens that's if Joel Embiid goes gets hurt and you've and you're healthy. And I think the Sixers are kind of a secret mess a little bit. Yeah, yeah I hated losing to them because I hate Ben Simmons and he just dug in deeper on his whole Donovan Mitchell thing. I don't know if you saw all that yeah. stuff, but yeah, they're unreliable. To your point, and the Celtics could easily yeah. pull it all together. But th- it's interesting that you're asking the question, and you know that Danny Ainge is asking the question. Absolutely, they're, huh? They're kind of you know taking some look, especially as they look at Anthony Davis. Yes, let, and let me just put this one point on the scale. I think that the Celtics are in a tough position here because do you give Gordon more time to maybe show his upside again, to maybe kind of get some suitors, get people interested again, but do you also run the risk if you do that of him continuing to regress and his his value, his value 
goes down. Plummeting. I think his value is already down a lot yeah, right now. I, I think it is too, and I th- I think the the hard part is, I mean, to your point, he's this is his eighth season. Yeah, eighth night season. So this is who he I is. I mean, it's it's not like you're given a first or second year guy, and you're saying, Correct. okay, this guy's got a high ceiling. Right. You pretty much know who who Gordon Hayward is, and he, and he's going to make some improvements. I'm yeah. not saying he's not improving. But no, but this is pretty much who he is. I think yeah. he's a great, he's a good shooter. He can get hot. He can get you a lot of points. But I don't know if he's the guy to build the franchise. Right? No, and and to my point, I made this point repeatedly. I do feel pretty vindicated at this point that a lot of his 19 points per game type numbers was all a function of us just manufacturing offense through him. Now, look, he had to score the points. He had to get things done. But if you looked at the way he would score points in games, he'd pick them up here and there. He'd kind of, you know, he'd have a big breakout game here and there. But in clutch moments, in big moments, I feel like more often than not, it was someone else. It was our friend Joe Johnson. It was somebody else that was stepping up and taking the shot. I never felt like Gordon was the guy who wanted the spotlight. He proved it when he left here. He essentially was saying, I don't want to be the guy on the billboard. I want, you know, I think it's all that those chickens are all coming home to roost. And I'm never rooting against the guy, like never rooting for a guy to brutally injure his ankle or things like that. But I do think there's some schadenfreude to be, to be found in him just making a bad career choice at this yeah. point. I potentially, because yeah. I also think Kyrie Irving is a toxic teammate and not the guy you want to build the franchise around, period. Which is, uh, you know, anyway, you would think that Danny Ainge has made some good moves there. Yeah. But if your two biggest players are, to to your point, Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving, maybe yeah. some issues there. Yeah. Hmm. We'll, we'll see. Things to ponder. Things to ponder. Okay, let's tease this out for next week. Next week, the Jazz welcome in the Los Angeles Lakers, who honestly are playing better than we... But um, my, minus LeBron, though, probably still. Um, or will he be back? I, I don't know. I, I think... Uh, Even if he's back, it would probably be a minute restriction, yeah, I guess. yeah. I think they're going to save him. But anyway, we are going to turn this show over, or I should say we're going to invite a special guest on, Ryan who's a listener to the show, is a huge Laker fan, and he will okay, be Ryan. in attendance at the game. So we're going to bring him in. Bring we're going to take some shots at Lakers and why you shouldn't raise your son or daughter to be a Laker fan. So we're going to have some fun with Can't that. Can't wait. Um, anyway, he's the owner of Metro PCS of Taylorsville, so they're going to be our All sponsor right. next week. All right. We're going to have Ryan on. It'll be a lot of fun. So anyway, I think that about does it for today's episode. This was a good one, Chris. It was a, a good, good one. A lot of good stuff, a lot of good predictions. Shot. The NFL wildcard weekend. Any uh, shout-outs as we close? No, just want to thank guys... Nation, <laughs> that's what I'm going to call guys on the we'll sideline. Nation, GS, GOS, GOTS, 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 um, GOTS Nation. Not not hey, Game of Thrones. GOTS Nation. GOTS. <laughs> not not Game of Thrones, mind you. But um, yeah, guys on the sideline, Nation. We we appreciate you. And uh, on to episode eleven. Good Coming stuff. soon. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. The opinions and predictions on this podcast are right ninety eight point three percent of the time.